Welcome to the Comparing Notes podcast. My name is Andy Wolf, and I am here with Glenn and Ryan. And uh, we are three ordinary pastors from three different generations talking about life and ministry. Uh, we always start off our time together with a question, kind of highlighting who we are and our generational differences. Uh, today, guys, I'm interested in kind of growing up as a kid, who did you enjoy hanging out with that was either a family or a family friend? Um, uh, not necessarily your own age, but I'm thinking of maybe somebody that was uh, was older than you. Uh, what what kind of memories come to mind or what kind of people come to mind for you guys when you think about that? Uh, well, this is Glenn here. I'm the older generation, and uh, and I go back into the into the 60s when I was uh, uh, upper elementary into the into junior high age, and I couldn't wait during my summers to go a uh, hundred miles north of my hometown to the area where I was born and where most of my family lived, and spend time with Jack. Jack Schreiber was an older. Uh, he was in late teens, early 20s, I think just out of college, maybe working at, for a newspaper or something. But he was the one that played baseball. He was the one that had success uh, uh, around, the, around the ball diamond. And I couldn't wait to go back and hear his stories and play catch with him and just uh, kind of pick up anything I could about, uh, about uh, what it was like being a star baseball player because I so desperately wanted to be that star myself. Hmm. Well, this is Ryan. I'm the youngest among us. And uh, my, I would say the first person that came to mind was my uncle John. Uh, every summer I would go up to Western New York where he uh, and my grandfather uh, had their farm. And I would spend in the summer times, I would spend up to a month there. Uh, and he uh, in, enjoyed picking on me, maybe at, ruthlessly at times, but he was a... Um, uh, a, 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 a gentleman, a, a loving man who just loved to have fun and allowed this annoying little kid to tag along and learn a lot of great things and have a lot of fun. And so when I think about my childhood, he's one of the top guys that comes to mind uh, that I, I wish I could go back and just have a day again with him on the farm. Hmm. Well, when I think about it, I, uh, I think about my uncle Tony um, being a Midwestern, very white kid. Uncle Tony was uh, lived in California, and so we would visit them every once in a while. He was Puerto Rican by uh, by background, and so very different. Um, lived a very different lifestyle in California than we lived. And then when we ultimately moved to California, um, really got to know him and love him. Very fun loving. Made delicious Spanish rice. I'm sure he still does. I haven't seen him for years and years. Um, but uh, just just kind of that warm personality um, that you enjoy being a part of and, and hanging out with. So um, I, I bring that up because today we want to talk about as pastors, as leaders, as shepherds, um, we have the opportunity and the privilege of shepherding a congregation. And uh, the people that are in that congregation are made up of a whole bunch of different uh, people and personalities. And, uh, and sometimes it's fun and exciting and uh, enjoyable to shepherd those people. And sometimes it's difficult and draining and sapping to shepherd those people. And so we wanted to just kind of talk about that a little bit from a pastor's perspective um, of what's that, what that is like and how you kind of handle that and what are some of the difficulties of that. Um, and so guys, and all of you have been shepherds at different points in your life, uh, pastors, uh, when you think about those congregations, and let's say, let's put it on a, like a battery scale, on a positive or a negative, 
And some of this maybe lends to your personality as well. For you, shepherding people, spending time with them, um, encouraging them, walking with them, is that something that gives you energy or is that something that drains you of energy? And if so, why do you think that is? I am a little of both, uh, and it really just depends on the situation. I am uh, definitely filled up with by hanging out with people. I'm an extrovert in that way, um, and I, en- I I I enjoy spending time with people, um, hearing about how I can serve them, hearing about how I can pray for them, hearing about what's going on in their life, spending just you know regular life together with them. And so in that way, it is, uh, it is a joy to um, shepherd the flock of God. At the same time, we're sinners, myself included, and all of the sheep that I have the privilege of shepherding. And so there are those moments when, um, unfortunately, sheep do bite and um, can be cantankerous at times. And so w- when you get into those situations where maybe the person's motives aren't as pure as you might think, or maybe... Um, their, their, their sin is causing them to, to use you or me or the church in some way. It's a struggle. Um, and so I, for me, I have to check my own heart as I'm shepherding people to, to realize that yes, there are those sheep that do bite and yes, there are those difficult situations, but that shouldn't make me pull back from shepherding and loving those among us that, um, truly want to be loved and shepherded. So I'm glad you hit on that first ditto to, to what you said, both. I think the way I, I see myself approaching uh, the shepherding, as you just said, Ryan, um, and I'm glad you mentioned you, you finished with the word love. I think it, it, it really is a test of whether we're truly loving them with God's love or just with more of a, of a human uh, self-efforted kind of love, which gets exposed during those challenging, most difficult times. Um, I just, uh, the older I have gotten, the more I have learned to just appreciate the individuality of each person, uh, each person's story, uh, knowing that we've, we've all got stuff that we've endured, that we're going through, that, that is making us who we are, the privilege that it is for me to be able to be a part of their journey at this point, whether it's going through something with rejoicing or with weeping. Um, you know, it really is a privilege. And I just think of, of uh, well, and so when I approach shepherding and I'm waking up each day and, and I mentioned to you guys earlier how today I woke up with a, with, a, with a phone call of someone just really going through a really difficult shepherding situation within their congregation. Uh, it just reminds me that, that when I answer a call like that or I get involved, it's like, Lord, uh, I need you here. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. Uh, I need you to uh, help me see beyond uh, just my own self and not let me get in the way. Give me your wisdom well beyond any that I might bring to it um, and, and help me just to to really love in the sense of just look out for the, well, their welfare and, and help see what is best for them. So basically just saying I, I am just really dependent on you, Lord, in this because, as you said, Ryan, I know who I am as well. And just uh, can so easily get caught up in, in me and make my their issues my issues, and I don't want any of that taking place. So, yeah, it's uh, they are really challenging situations that we get brought into, and uh, uh, and to be able to to help shepherd people through them is just a huge privilege, but a responsibility. 
Um, but the first thing I want to do is, Lord, help me just to love them and to see them as you see them. And then give me every resource that you have that I need to be able to help them get to that next step. I think for me, shepherding people is uh, maybe being a little bit more of an introvert at times can be a little bit harder. Um, Not that I don't love them, but it just becomes a a little bit more of a challenge. Um, uh, I, I do, I think, Glenn, as you said, I, I like that idea of, I think as we get older, I, I think we see our own infirmities and our own difficulties, and that causes us to look at other people differently. Um, I, I am frustrated at times when I, I see, especially younger pastors, kind of disregard an older generation um, and not being willing to kind of deal with some of their idiosyncrasies and and sit with them and learn and love them. Um, Thank you. And, uh, and so... Uh, I think, you know, I think it is at times for me a little bit more of a challenge. Um, Given that fact, I guess I'm looking also for you guys to help me a little bit. Um, We all have those people both in our lives and in our congregations that we would probably put in that Debbie Downer kind of category, right? Um, You see their name on your prayer list or you, you see their name come up on your phone, right? And your, your temptation is, you know, exactly what this call is going to be like. Or you, I have a certain number of people that I regularly call and check in on. I know how that call is going to go um, because I know the bent and the temptation of that person um, in terms of their their kind of personality, um, and it makes it much harder for me to call them um, because I know it's going to be a you know a twenty minute conversations on everything that's bad and wrong and difficult, um, and so. I guess I'm looking for uh, asking you guys, how, how do you handle that? How do you limit the number of times that you make those calls because you know your own inclination? Do you do that on a schedule? How, how is it that you check your heart? How is it that you shepherd, especially those difficult or hard to love kind of people? Hmm. Well, they are out there and and I'm probably one of them for some people. I don't know, but um, I, and, I don't think I've ever, uh, ever, you know, sent you to voicemail. But I'll, I'll let you know if I did. <laughs> but I, you know, there really is a tension, and and I find the more that I want to run away from those people, I try to employ the best defense is a good offense, and I and I really try to when it comes across, when those voicemails or those calls come in, um, I, I try to get to them as soon as I can and, and with as much spiritual energy and, and insight as I can to, uh, uh, to give them that, to give them the attention, uh, initially. So, so the more I want to run away, the more I try to run into it. Um, but then I, I hesitate because at the same time, I may not be ready for that. And I may just need to, to back off and make sure that, that, okay, this is one where my running into it in, the, in the, my current posture uh, isn't going to be helpful. And, and so I just need to, but even then, so I'm going to try to, then I'm going to run to the Lord, hopefully, uh, as, uh, uh, as energetically as I can to help him uh, give me what I need. Cause I know I'm going to have to respond. 
but then there are those that, that once you respond, and if I respond to, to certain people well, then they're going to want to keep coming back to get mm-hmm. that kind of well response again. And so I don't want that dependence to be taking place either. And so, uh, and so then if I, if I start to recognize that that's kind of the situation I'm falling into, then I, I won't run as quickly back into that, but I'll, I'll, I'll space it off and, and, and back off. I don't know if that's helpful, but that's just what comes to my mind right now. I think that was really well said. I'm taking notes um, because I know this is something I've uh, just placing those boundaries around my own heart and with people has been an interesting learning curve for me um, as I'm learning to just manage the the ups and downs of my own soul and and shepherding and and as and as as much as I say I'm an extrovert and filled up by people, they are definitely. Um, uh, times, some, some of them, some of them even lengthy when I just have to be honest and say, I am no good to, to anyone right now because I, I'm, I have an empty well. Um, and so if somebody's calling me so I can pour into them, I've got nothing to offer. Uh, so I, I have, I have found that I've had to give myself the enough grace to say there are times when I I'm done. I can't, I like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm empty and I, I need to go be filled up for myself. I also have, have come to understand that many of those times I think I I can start telling myself if I don't respond, no one will. And I think that that is just an improper view of the church. Mm. Um, And I think even as pastors, we, though we might be the only paid staff member, the church is larger than all of us. And no, if, if a church is truly dependent upon the pastor doing all things, that's an unhealthy church. So I think for those individuals that maybe are are the continual pull, and um, and I say this in the most loving way, but possible, but the energy suck of the pastor, then one of the most loving things we can do, globally speaking, for the church, is to maybe pass off and go to some other leader, elder, deacon, um, or regular congregant member, and just say, hey, this person needs your help and support. Can you follow up with them? Call them interact with them because they need somebody else. And maybe I don't know whether we word it because I don't have the time, energy and space, or maybe it's just because we're all in this together and the body of Christ serves and supports each other. Um, I was thinking, sorry, go ahead. I think that's a great word. I mean, I I would, the one thing I would add is sometimes you can't just pass. Um, sometimes it is a, a training. I completely thing. agree. I because, completely agree. Yeah. Because it's, uh, I think sometimes I've even said to leaders and elders, Hey, I need you to help or care or shepherd. And I get really wide eyes. Um, <laughs> when, when somebody says that because they don't know what that means or looks like, and then being able to walk alongside them and say, Hey, would you just give them a call or mm-hmm. would you just pray for them? Um, or would you just visit them, uh, and, and be able to, maybe you do it together with them at one point, um, and then have them do it alone at, at another point. Uh, but I think, I think that's a great word of, Hey, we've got to, we're not the only shepherd. We should not be the only shepherd in the church. There should be a, a, a group of people, um, that are doing that together. What's interesting about that, um, response, Andy, and I completely agree with it. And what I felt is what has stopped me from doing that of bringing somebody along and training them and discipling them to help others is my lack of energy to do that. Mm. And the, the pitfall that I continually fall into is I don't have enough energy to do it. My, or it's, I, 
I'm lacking in energy and it's easiest if I do it myself. But what I am continually confronted by is if it's all lands on my shoulders and I never take the time to stop and maybe muster some energy to bring somebody along, I'm never going to get out of the, the energy drain and that dry well. Um, and, and so it's like, for me, it's, I, I've had to learn that I've got to take the time, maybe in those good times to bring somebody along when I'm okay, but to prepare the church, not myself, some myself, but, but, but to prepare the church that when I am weak, there are other people who can step in. Part of my good, uh, defense is a good offense is that <clears throat> when it isn't, when they're not calling me, um, but I now know maybe a history of some of those kinds of calls and the issues and, and, and the drama that can take place during those times is, uh, is when I do see them, when I do see them in, in other um, environments, uh, rather than avoid them, which my mind clicks off to, because I don't want to get into whatever it was or be reminded of that. But again, I will go and take the initiative and go right to them and try to talk about something or engage them in something that's different than whatever the issues were or whatever they're doing, uh, just so they have that kind of a context and a greater context for, for our relationship. And then if it's in an environment where there are other people around, just bring other people alongside and say, hey, come over here mm -hmm. and so forth and so on and try to enlarge that, uh, um, that relational context for that person and uh, maybe find some help or some other people that that maybe do connect better than i find myself connecting you know andy in this um distinction that you brought up of of you know the the, the people that bring you energy and the people that sap your energy one of the things i've really been considering and focusing on is i'm preaching through john at the moment so getting to study jesus is always a blessing to the soul but observing that Jesus didn't let certain people sap his energy. Like he was, he was open enough to push people away and to build boundaries, appropriate boundaries of, and I'm, I'm, I'm really thinking of like the religious leaders where he's saying, you know, get away from me, you fruit of vipers. And then at the same time with, with a Nicodemus who was a Pharisee, he's coming in and having conversations. I don't think that pastors um, and I don't want to say this is exclusively, but I think there's a there's there are there is a a group of pastors out there that don't feel the freedom to draw the boundaries to certain people mm -hmm. to say, I I'm no longer going to give you any more time, or I'm no longer going to sap to to allow you to sap my energy because you aren't listening to me, you're not benefiting me. This isn't going to to turn out well. I mean, already even in the few short years I've been a senior pastor, I've looked at people that I've poured deeply into and spent countless hours with turn around and leave the uh, church and in some cases even leave the faith. And that's, that's been hard because then I look at it and go, Oh, I mean, I'm glad that I spent the time with them, but then it's like, wait a second. Was I, was I hoping to instill in them a passion that I could never do? So I think that that's also a piece of this discussion of when is it appropriate for us to draw those boundaries, those hard boundaries and say, you don't get access anymore to me, or I'm not going to allow you to whatever, call me or however that looks, but drawing those lines to say, this isn't a beneficial relationship for myself or the church. Yeah. Well, let's, I mean, we've kind of focused on the negative personalities, but let's turn maybe to the positives for a second. There are definitely those in our own lives and in the, in the church that are 
um, encouragers um, that seem to have that gift and that bent. Um, and so how do we help encourage um, and maybe on the on the other side of that, not burn those people out? Um, because I, I've also seen those folks that seem to have this gift of encouragement. They seem to go and touch people and and lift the spirits of people, encourage people wherever they go. But I've also seen those people burn themselves out because that's all they do um, in, in the context. So do you guys see those people in your church? How do you, how do you encourage them? How do you come alongside them? And how do you protect them? I do see those people. Uh, thank God for them. And I, and I think just try to honor them and letting them know that, hey, I, I do see you. We do see you. We appreciate what you bring. Uh, but also, you know, share that concern that you've just presented, Andy, and say, uh, um, you know, are you, you okay? Um, and uh, and I just want you to know that I'm watching. And uh, and if you ever need to just take a break or find yourself in too deep in something, just uh, let me know if you need some help just to kind of back away, you need someone else to take over or whatever. But I think just that awareness uh, is very good and uh, and honoring to them. Uh, and uh, and hopefully helpful to them in saving them from something. Yeah, I um, agree with all of that. And this kind of goes back to last week's uh, conversation with with the resolutions. One of the things that I came out of 2021 and into 2022 realizing was I was allowing the people that were a, for lack of a better word, a drain to my soul to dictate my calendar and my conversations and recognizing that the, the shep, the, the shepherds or the servants around our church that were doing so much, um, I w- wasn't spending any time with because they weren't asking for it because in some cases they didn't need it. Or in some cases they, they were, they were shepherds enough and servants enough to be like, I'm not going to take his time. So I've actively, um, starting then, I've actively set up conversations with those people and gone to them and said, okay, I know that we normally wouldn't talk, um, but let's go to lunch. And it was really interesting when I started doing that. Um, like I started with my elders at first, like, hey, let's just go to lunch and not talk about any elder things, but like, how's life? And the the first elder that I did that, like sat, I, he told me he sat there through the entire lunch waiting for the ball to drop of like, what's the hidden agenda? <laughs> and I mean, he was just nervous about it. So now I've, I've had to start this year to say like, there's no, there's no hidden agenda. I just want to have lunch. I just want to interact. Um, but it's reaped dividends because those people that serve and support me, it not only fills up my own soul, but I pray that it fills up their soul just to just to see that while you 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 don't only get the pastor and the shepherding when when you're in a crisis mode, uh, we can just hang out. So that's been a huge a huge yeah. blessing in my own life. I think one thing I found with those folks that seem to be gifted or or bent towards that encouragement is sometimes you have to probe a little bit uh, when they're going through things that are hard or difficult, is because they, they might be so in, inclined towards encouragement that everything is rosy. Everything is always wonderful. Mm-hmm. And when it's not, they don't want to admit that it's not. And, uh, and, and so, I mean, shepherding them sometimes is you have to be their Debbie Downer, I guess, and, and kind of, you know, get to know them into a spot where, where you can make sure that they are cared for. Because I do get concerned um, that, you know, I, I think of a, a friend of mine who's whose daughter has gone through some really significant health issues. And I was talking to him about it and she's one of these kind of rosy personalities. Everything is wonderful. She wants to be an encourager. 
And yet she wouldn't really be honest with him and, and tell him about the difficulties that, that she had gone through. And he was just saying uh, the need to kind of press in um, towards her to, to hear those things. Um, so I, I guess I would say, you know, even as a shepherd on that side, being guarding those folks uh, and, and trying to care for them and love them um, because they might not tell you when they're hurting. Any other thoughts that you guys might have uh, as we think about shepherding all of the different people that God puts in front of us? Well, I've appreciated both of you guys' just insight and sensitivity to this uh, arena. And I think that just, uh, you know, the more that that we can cultivate our own sensitivity to those people around us, we're aware of ourselves and how we're feeling, and then just being as authentic as we can be and even processing our shepherding with others. Like, you really wear me out. <laughs> You know, or you, you really encouraged me and I appreciate that. And just uh, even there, we're modeling how to deal with those people for others that are watching us um, as well. And so, uh, uh, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll go into the shepherding battles with you guys anyway, because I just appreciate your heart for this. And, and the very fact that we're wrestling with that shows we want to do it well. Yeah, I just think in this conversation, it's um, what I have been convicted by in my own heart is if I am not shepherding shepherds, I will be doing a disservice to the church because it will, it will, the shepherding aspect will run on my own energy level and my own capacities. And those are very small. Hmm. Um, so I really have been leaning into and understanding that if there's one role as the lead pastor, it's to build up other shepherds across the board in the church that can, that can carry the weight. Um, so that it's not contingent upon my own capacities, but the body of Christ as a whole can shepherd each other. Well, thanks, guys, for the conversation and the encouragement. Um, I hope if uh, you are a leader or pastor, encourage you to shepherd all those that God has put in your care, um, whether they are energy sappers or energy givers. And uh, and we pray that God would, by His Spirit, would continue to give us uh, energy to care for them in the way that he's cared for us. Uh, thank you for listening to the Comparing Notes podcast. Uh, hope you've taken something away and uh, hopefully you'll join us again. Thank you for listening to the Comparing Notes podcast. If you'd like to contact us, you can do so by emailing us at comparingnotes at gmail.com. 